I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. This past week at the WGC Dell Match Play, we saw a birdie fest and Sam Burns get another tour title. A big week for Sam. We had Sam Burns, Cam Young, Rory McIlroy, and Scotty Scheffler all in the final four playing out 36 holes on Sunday. Sam notably going six under through an eight-hole stretch in the championship match against Cam Young. Unfortunately, we won't see the match play or Austin Country Club for quite some time, and we're going to miss it. This week, we have the Valero Texas Open, which bodes as the final chance to get into the Masters. A win this week, and you'll punch your ticket to Augusta. We'll also cover the gang's dog birthday party we had on Sunday, getting all the pups together in the backyard, grilling some hot dogs, grilling some burgers, having a good time, as well as our round at Maple Run up in Thurmont, Maryland, and some of the undergoing noticeable list of renovations. Make sure to head over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and our Facebook page, the Big Players Only Facebook page. Thanks for being here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. All right, we're back after a wonderful WGC Dell match play. We had Rory, Scotty, Cam Young, and Sam Burns all in the final four on Sunday. 36 holes for all those guys. Sam Burns coming out on top. I mean, I'm honestly a huge fan of Sam Burns. I remember picking him last year when he won the Valspar. I think he's got a great game. We talked about him a few episodes ago, kind of maybe turning a corner with his game. And it looked like this week he kind of had it all put together. And I tell you what, that putter was hot, which we always say Sam's a great putter. What were you guys' thoughts on the match play this week? Yeah, how many weeks ago was it that we were kind of burying him a little bit, going into the Valspar, talking about whether he could repeat? It's like, well, he's been terrible this year. You know, maybe he can find something. And then, what, six last week, two weeks ago, wins this week. I definitely found something at the right time. But you're right. I mean, he just puts the ball so well. He's probably, what, top five, top ten on tour with, with that. So it's safe to say we inspired his kind of turnaround so far this season? A lot of guys listen to the pod. Yeah. And when they do, they play better. It's, it's just what it has to be. I mean, I think we were certainly pointing out some some weaknesses and deficiencies in Sam's game, but it didn't feel like he was going to fall off. It was just more or less like things weren't being put together. And this week you saw he's an aggressive golfer, and right, we saw this course pretty much holes one through six, except for maybe four, which was like a longer par four. They're all birdie holes. They're driver three woods, flip wedges, 160-yard par threes. I think Sam in the championship match goes something like six under between holes five and 11. And he goes like I think like six hundred through seven holes and just waxes the waxes Cam Cam Young. I was pretty surprised. I thought Cam Young was playing the best golf out of anyone going into the final day, and it, he just didn't look like uh, even in the same bracket as, as Sam Burns. Yeah, I feel like he won multiple like events before like the fifteenth hole kind of thing. You know, yeah. going through like the he played the play fewest and he played like the that. fewest holes going into Sunday. Yeah, so he he was dominating aggressively, and then it was great to see him have to kind of grind it out there though. <sighs> 
in the semifinal match or whatever. He was he was against what Scotty, right? Mm-hmm. And, like against number one in the world kind of situation, kind of show his medal, actually see him do that. You know, it was just it was nice to see the dominance, but also the ability to kind of like grind something out. Wait, Cam played Rory, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I was worried that I was going to have Rory Sam Burns final and I didn't want that because I had money on Sam and I love Rory. Yeah, don't just gloss over that. You got some little chat. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> Took Sam on Saturday morning in the final 16. I think he was probably like sixth or seventh in the odds, but I don't know. I think I did it at like 1230 at night. It was just more of a feeling thing, but I'm really excited to see Sam get it back on the map because he's actually one of my favorite golfers. I love a guy like Rory hits the ball far and when the putter gets hot, they're pretty unstoppable. He, uh, the last, the championship round, so he closed Cam Young out in 13 holes. I think he was eight under at that point. Unreal. For, for a championship match. That's crazy. He must've just been seeing white. I mean, I bet he wasn't even like an ethereal kind of thing. Like he wasn't even in his own body. And honestly, like looking back on it, so he had the tough, tough close out on Scotty in the semifinals. If Scott, if Scotty somehow pulls that out, like Cam Young didn't really play well at all in the championship. We might talk, be talking about another Scotty win. I think so. Scotty, it just seems like he's always around, right? And I know we, we were very clear on the fact that he wasn't playing his best golf this week, but was just seemingly winning matches one after one, like not big like five and six or six and five victories, like one up or two and one, and then really should have beaten Sam Burns in the semifinal, had a four-foot, eight-inch putt on the first playoff hole to win it and misses, and then Sam goes and birdies the next hole. Yeah, but I mean, really, I, the, my big takeaway from the whole week was just like, how sad I'm going to be at this. We're not going to really see this format anymore, at least for the foreseeable future, because this was the last time they're doing the match play, last time they're doing Austin Country Club or anything. And I think it it showed to me that this was, this takes away that whole, like, we don't need to roll the ball back. This was a gettable course. It rewarded the shots. If you hit a great shot, it penalized the ones where you, if you, you know, missed wildly, but also had some fun bounces. Showed, like, the different ways you could have a course and still have it really entertaining. And, Rory, I don't think he shot worse than like a 64 the entire you know weekend, and you know still couldn't win. It's just fun. it was fun golf to watch. Regardless, I, I think part of that might just be how lucky we were with where the final four ended up, Very even the good. elite eight. I mean, if Kevin Kisner and Kurt Kitayama and guys like that are in the final four, it's not nearly as interesting, and we're not nearly as excited about it. But you're right; it it does suck that. Not only match plays going away next year, but we're never going to see this course, I don't think, on on tour again. Because I think Colin, you had notes in here about it. It's just kind of crazy the uh, politics of it. Yeah, they have a apparently have a fifteen year wait list for their membership, and it's the only course on premise there at the Country Club. So like the members just like have trouble getting tee times. And to think when you think about that, closing the course down for like a few months beforehand to set up this event. <sighs> It just doesn't really make sense for them as a as a country club and as a as for their membership. I've heard about the logistics of this course being terrible. Like it's where it is in the city and where the players have to stay, how it's a nightmare. So I think there's a lot of dominoes kind of fell into place that made them leave this course. But after watching it, not only the format, but this course, I think it's just it feels like such a staple. Like a lot of these Texas events maybe don't get the the coverage, right, of like the players or uh, the Riviera, but these courses are staples in the PGA Tour schedule. They've been around for some of them like near 100 years, and Austin's been around for a while. So I'm going to miss the course, but then the format, like I'm a big match play fan. Like I just think there's something very primal about two guys going head-to-head in golf, and the better player comes out. It doesn't mean that that player is playing better than everyone else in the field that round. It's just they're beating the player that they're playing. I, I'm going to miss it. It's going to probably be a few years until we see another match play event. I'm going to miss the part where you got a guy that doesn't give a putt, and then that guy then comes back and misses it, and then you get this the attitude going. It's like that's what 
now he's on live. That's where I missed, like, you get Sergio out there getting fiery, and then that, that's the part you're going to miss from this match play style, and I just think it's a big loss for the tour that they're not going to bring it back, yeah, at least a, in the near future. It's the future. only time you get to see, like, a little bit of, like, real shit talking um, yeah. among the guys, you know, giving them, talk, you know, getting in their heads a little bit. It's a mind game, the whole match play thing is, versus when you're out there on a regular thing, you're, you don't really care what the heck they're doing unless it's, the last day, and you know, they're a stroke ahead of you, a stroke behind you. It doesn't matter. Versus every hole kind of matters here. It's just, it's a shame to see it go. Yeah, so it's it's definitely out next year. I guess there's possibility it could come back in some form the following year. I mean, if I'm a if I'm a corporation looking to sponsor an event, I mean, I'm ponying up serious amounts of money to get get Honda? this match play Honda. Honda on match the books. Play. And figure out maybe maybe there's a better format out there. I, I think the struggle with this is making sure you get those top names in it at the end to keep it interesting throughout. So I know that's one of the the logistical issues with it is making sure you have some top guys there to, to draw the eyeballs. But Yeah, one thing I did hear from another golf podcast was they, they suggested they making this part of like the tour championship. So like that final East Lake or whatever. That'd it be is. so much better. They oh, do yeah. they do the same kind of like elevated thing, but then it's you know, there's a cut basically at the end. So then it's just like the top eight guys for the final two rounds. It's just he- or Saturday, Sunday, and it's just head to head bracket elimination style. So it's like all is on the line and the top it's still gonna be the top guys because you're already have narrowed it down to the top thirty from the entire year. So I, I really like that idea, that concept for it. Yeah, and like the top, I don't know, so thirty divisible by pairs like maybe the top six get buys or something like that i think that'd be great how do you reward the guys that are the top seeds yeah, i think what they said they still do like the the suggestion that they had was like you still have the same like scotty theoretically starting with you know a minus 10 on you know thursday and then the cut happens and then it's seeded based off the leaderboard as it currently is well, think about how exciting it was last year in the tour championship where we had Scotty had like what a three stroke lead going into the final round and, and Rory was basically the only one that could catch him. So that was awesome. That was kind of like a match play scenario and right. Rory ended up did ended up catching him, which made it even more exciting. You gotta think about all professional sports. Like I don't even know. I'm thinking like like maybe like NASCAR does like a points thing, but everything else is just it's head to head, right? You got to win a championship and there's plenty of reasons why be like the NFL playoffs is unfair. Like there are tons of bad calls and there's unlucky breaks and stuff like that, but it's just part of the game. So when you think about a championship in golf, match play feels like the most authentic format. Yeah. As much as, you know, every week technically, and I guess is a way is a head to head to head to head to head against every person in the field. But it just has a different vibe that you can actually, as a, if you're going as a casual fan, you can be like, I'm rooting for this guy and get really excited for every shot following it. I feel like it's an easier way to watch golf versus trying to keep well, up with, 17 different right you follow your favorite guy but maybe he's not even in it especially playing a course like austin country club the back nine every hole has intrigue water risk reward there's a lot of birdies out there in match play these guys are going after it versus stroke play you may not hit those wild punch shots or you know those crazy shots around the green they're just going to play safe and play for par or bogey but in this format you see some like real shot making creativity around the greens that you may not otherwise see i will say though like i agree i love match play i love watching match play on tv i'm not a big fan of like following a match play on the course like we were at the president's cup last year and like we really didn't see that much golf it was just more like cool to be there but if you're going like to be there in person to see golf and like your favorite players hit golf shots you're not going to see the you're going to have a tough time getting a good view at a match play tournament. I do definitely agree with that, but I think that's also an opportunity for the tour. That's an opportunity to, like, 
you know, they say, you know, Austin Country Club, you know, maybe it's, Ben was saying it's a pain in the ass for, you know, how you get there, things like that. Setting up, it's a, you know, big inconvenience to the, you know, the members and stuff. Why not do it at some of these amazing courses you hear about that are, you know, you know Cabot or Bandon Dunes and things like that that don't ever get that and just make it a TV event the same way you kind of do it for the, um, you know, all the match things that they do. Yeah. Well, like I think once stuff. they roll the golf ball back, those courses can come back into the rotation a little bit more. Well, I think <laughs> when you think about um, courses like on Monterey Peninsula or courses maybe they're talking about, they're the courses that are truly affected by the current golf ball that they're just playing too short. They're perfect candidates for match play formats, right? Because it doesn't – a course can play very easy in match play and still be super entertaining. But you're right. When it's – you know, 30, 35 under winning a golf tournament, it might be a little, like, not that intriguing. You want to see them struggle a little bit. But when it's match play, it's just balls to the wall. Make as many birdies as you can. I like those short courses for match play formats. But you're right, Colin. Like, thinking about Sunday, it was cool to follow on TV, but why on earth would you go there? Yeah. And you see four golfers all day long playing. and Unless you're on that <laughs> boat and on the river. Yeah, yeah 13. unless you're on the party boat. I wanted to talk about a player that really uh, under – performed this week that I was pretty surprised is Will Zalatoris 0-3 in pool play you know I know Will he had his back problem so I'm thinking there's maybe a correlation between his back problem and his current putting performances because when you hurt your back like they always say practicing putting for hours is really hard on your back even as good a shape as these guys are so I think that Willie Z maybe when he was rehabbing his back wasn't spending as much time with his putter as he should have but we saw him hit some jabby putts inside that three foot range which is like always what we've kind of you know, docked points on him with, and kind of looks like he's got the yips back. I'm not sure what this guy's, you know, future looks like if he doesn't really straighten that stuff out. It's in, in concern to majors. We'll talk about it later, but I, I yeah. witnessed firsthand that someone can battle through the yips in one round. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about the yips. Don't even mention that. Yeah, he, he fights some serious demons out there with the putter, and, you know, those clips circulate, and there for a while he was doing that figure eight putting stroke, uh. and he'd still find a way to make the short putts, but... Something like that. Like, sooner or later, the, the eye test is going to prevail. And it's like, if it's that ugly, he's not going to be able to do this consistently. And I think we're starting to see that. He just can't putt inside, what, eight feet or something like that? And we talked about it last week, kind of looking at him in terms of, like, his status for the Ryder Cup team and, and this being kind of a big week for him to show off what he can do in match play, and he really didn't do anything. So that's got to be concerning for him and – um, his chances, I mean, he may just be qualifying anyway. I don't know what the standings are for that, but not good for Team USA if he's going to be on the team putting like that and playing match play like that. Especially on foreign soil. Yeah. Like, they're going to be getting in his head, I know. And then one other player I wanted to bring up, because I always bring him up, because I think it was a really good week for him, is Rory. I think that this is a big event. He's great in match play. I'll give him that. I know you guys can can talk shit about him sometime, but he is a really good match play golfer, and I'm excited to see him get back to world number two, right? John Rahm doesn't make it out of pool play. Rory, before he even gets to, like, the semifinals, already has world number two locks up, locked up, loses to Sam, uh, or loses to Cam, right, in, in, regu- or in, regu- in playoff hole, right? He, Rory get, both, doesn't get up yeah, and, yeah, ones. Rory doesn't get up and down on 18, Cam does and beats him in a playoff hole. But a, a really cool match there with Scotty, too, right? I mean, I know those guys, it's like you think about it, they really didn't have to play, right? They could have just done something where they, like, split the pot or something like that, but they have so much pride in, like, what the PGA Tour product's bringing to the table. They're like... We're just going to play this event out, and we're going to see who the better golfer is. Yeah, he was he was definitely the the feature highlight a lot of times. I mean, he had that drive on 18 that put it to four feet, saying the greatest drive of all time. And I think he had the best match out there with Xander. They shot a Unreal. like 12 under best ball, which is just ridiculous. 
the kind of we've done that, they we were done? making. Yeah, with four guys out there. Four guys in much easier mulligans. <laughs> I don't know. Our Quote, unquote, four mulligans. I, mean, I think Rory's putter is certainly not in the best of places. I don't think it's in a bad place, but he's not picking up any strokes on the field with that putter. It's going to take him a while to get used to that, and I'm not that excited about Rory going into Augusta with a new putter. We know how difficult those greens are. I think it's going to eat him alive. Uh, the driver shortening and the different shaft and the driver looked like it worked out well and his new five wood looks good, but I'm really worried about that putter at Augusta. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other story, everything that's going on with the uh, tailor-made drivers right now, I think. But, I mean, I think, honestly, this probably was a great week for Rory in this mentally going into Augusta. Even, even though maybe his putter isn't in the great shape or anything like that, he scored low consistently, regardless of positions he got in. Yeah, it's a gettable course and everything, but if – he can kind of keep that momentum. I'm kind of the opposite. It kind of like makes me think he has a chance at Augusta, even though he's got obviously his demons. I think it's a great event to play in, right? You'd have to qualify for this WGC Dell match play, but you got there. It's like, it's like they always say that we should play the forward tees to get more used to making more birdies. Like that's kind of how Austin country club is for these guys. You go out, you make a ton of birdies and you just feel like every hole is a birdie hole going into Augusta. I do like that. Yeah. Just, just a couple other guys that stood out. Kurt Kitayama collected his first victory was it ever or in a while? Ever this year. At the Arnold Palmer, yeah. Yeah, and he continues to play well, makes it to the lead eight, kind of hung in there tough. I think he ended up running against the Cam Young buzzsaw there. But only lost one down. I mean, yeah. I, Cam, Cam was like three or four up on the front nine, and, and Kitty Yama fought back. Cool to see a guy kind of elevate, get that victory, and then kind of keep that momentum. Uh, really an exciting storyline once we start into this whole elevated, non-elevated thing. Some of these guys being able to do it. And then Jason Day, kind of starting to return to form. Not starting, he's... He's kind of back. I think Collins been reading, been about, reading about him. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Ken? Oh, we miss Ken. Right, three and zero oh in pool play, and then I think I don't know what who he runs into in the round of sixteen. But yeah, really great playing from Jason Day. He runs into Scotty. Yeah. So I mean, if Scotty wasn't playing his wasn't best. That golf, when the vertigo but, kicked in. Yeah. No, yeah. Jay Day was up like four or five on the front nine, and then had to take a break from vertigo. Scotty ends up surmounting quite an amazing comeback to make it to the. Well, to I, the I think eight. the funniest thing with that is they were they were calling it vertigo, and of course you got Zinger on there talking about all his <laughs> oh, doctoral knowledge on on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, vertigo and all this, and they're showing flashbacks of the U.S. Open when he had it, and then they're like, oh, nope, the uh, on-course reporting, he's just got bad allergies, so he's going to get an allergy <laughs> pill at the turn. He'll be good to go. Thanks, Zinger. <laughs> Can we start a tracker every time Zinger says something like, oh, that's the best bunker shot you're ever going to see? Because I feel like he says it once a week at this point. And, like, Rory's drive on 18 was very good, but I don't think it's, like, it's not the best shot ever. It's, you know, it's a top 10 shot at that course of all time. It's not one of the best shots on the PGA Tour ever. And they were, I mean, it's a good opportunity for the PGA Tour, like, you know, in this battle with Liv to hype up a good shot to get them more pressed. But Robert McIntyre did the same exact thing in like 2021 and drove it to like five feet. And that just, that was barely even brought up. Maybe they're taking a page out of the Live book and be like, almost hole in one on yeah. every, every little possible shot kind of thing that happens. So how are we feeling on Cam Young? Is he going to be always that second place, can't close? I mean, I, I guess his putter's kind of his his downfall. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour, but we're starting to see a trend. I mean, he, he's always in the mix, which when you're that good at tee shots and approach shots, yeah, but it, is, is this putter ever going to get him over the, the finish line to close one of these out? I think you got to give him a little bit more time. It's not like Rory these days you can't pull out a win ever, but it's like Cam, <laughs> Cam's, Cam's young on the tour still. you got to give him some time <laughs> to prove himself. Good hey, that play. was pretty good. good I didn't play. Man, come on, Tom. I think that Cam's putter got him to the final, and it just maybe didn't perform. So I think it's a really interesting rhetoric that, like, 
that is maybe not his strong suit, but it turns into be a strong suit, and then you get to Sunday and it kind of falls apart. I think it's definitely a trend showing up there. I'm definitely on Tyler's side here. I think it's way too early to cast that judgment on him. Like he was rookie of the year last year, and now he's what six events or so into the second year. Like, give him a little bit of a break. That's a hell of a start. He had like what like three top fives or something like that in the majors last year or something ridiculous. So but yeah, they were a lot of seconds. I well, mean, I, yeah. I'm not I'm not arguing that he's not good. I mean, I think his he's cementing himself as a top five, top ten golfer perpetually every year. It just like I think, and especially him, right? He does that pencil grip, right? So you can tell there's some there were some demons that he had to fight where he couldn't do a traditional two hand grip, and he, now he's using the pencil, and it works a lot. But under pressure, it, maybe it's falling apart a bit. Phil also has a lot of weird grips he's used when putting, and he's won plenty of majors. <laughs> But I think, but Phil also has what, like four seconds in the U.S. Opens. Like it's just something that it's just something to watch. To I'm, go not, along I'm not ready with to three masters. I'm not ready to pass PGA judgment yet. I just think open. that I think there's a little something there with Cam Cam Young. I will say it's a little concerning that he seems to have his best performances when there's like no pressure on. I mean, mm-hmm. just think about it. His last start before the match play was at the Players when he went. What was he like eight under or something on the Saturday when he was not even in contention at that point? He got himself into contention and then floundered on Sunday. Uh, we kind of saw it again this week where he's just mowing through people, and then as soon as he gets to the championship round, just thinking about that whole 13, he was, I don't know if you guys noticed, he was laying up on that hole all week, and mm-hmm. he was constantly getting up and down, and as soon as Sam Burns gets a lead on him, he goes for it, and what's he do? He just dunks it in the water. Like he, It's like he gets in his own head, and then he just can't handle the pressure right now, but I think... Tyler, you make a fair point. Like, he's going to get used to it. I'm sure he's going to pull through at some point. Is he one of the guys that just got a new caddy and stuff too, though? Yep. Which uh, I think I, I think him. that I think that could end up playing a big role. I think we've seen that with, you know, we saw it with Scotty, obviously, that really, you know, when he got Ted, really kind of switched things over. Maybe we'll see that same kind of thing. And this was, maybe, what, first or second week for him with the first, new guy? First week. First week. Yeah. So, like, maybe that's going to be a thing to kind of watch me if he... You know, his caddy gets a, after they build some trust, he caddy talks him off the ledge, you know, nope, keep going with what you're doing. You know, go, you know, lay up here, get up and down, call it a day, move on. Yeah, I mean, he comes in as the 15th ranked player, so like on the radar, but not really a favorite going into this and comes in second, right? I think that caddy thing is really important for him. A little bit of guidance. He's still a young guy with an incredible like bag of shots, right? And he's very athletic and talented. I think the caddy's going to settle him down a lot. Their first nine holes together, Cam goes out and shoots a 27 on front nine. <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> Good start. All threes. All right, so this week coming up, we have, uh, you know, not the most exciting event ever, the Valero Texas Open, but it plays a major role in what we have in two weeks, the Masters. So anyone that wins here this week is going to get an automatic bid into the Masters. We saw J.J. Spawn win this thing last year. Colin's favorite outfit yeah. ever uh, seen with the worn by J.J. Spawn. But he wasn't, I'm not sure he was even inside like the top 100 in the rankings going into that week, wins there. And J.J. Spawn's kind of taken off a little bit. He's somewhat of a veteran, so he's been around, he's had runs, but it seems like he's kind of cementing himself as a guy that's, you know, 20 to 40 in the world rankings year in and year out. Yeah, I, at this event, I think in the past, I, Jordan won it two years ago, but outside of that, it's produced a lot of long shot winners, which is, you know, Again, that's what's exciting about these non-elevated events, getting guys kind of out of nowhere. That life-changing win because you're you're on to Augusta the very next day, basically getting ready for the Masters. And gets to lock up all the other majors as well. Yeah, so we look at our last champions, 2017, Kevin Chappell, and then 18 and on, Andrew Landry, Corey Connors, Jordan Spieth, and J.J. Spawn. So lots of guys. I mean, Corey Connors has cemented himself now as a solid golfer, but, but back in 2019, he was certainly still up and coming. So this is definitely like a trampoline People that win this event get themselves into the Masters and then continue to play good golf. 
Yeah, I mean, there is a good like list of people that are playing here that you would kind of almost expect to be, you know, already guaranteed their spot in, at Augusta. Like we already mentioned Ricky, but Matt Kuchar was one I was kind of surprised to see that, you know, doesn't currently have an invite to Augusta, but I feel like we've seen him almost like every year at Augusta. I think last year actually he wasn't in it, but... And then Taylor Montgomery, Dubs boy, he's another one that's not in there. Harry Higgs, who, you know, we haven't seen for a while, but he had that PGA um, championship, you know, top three or whatever that got him into a few majors. Uh, J.J. Spawn, I think, is actually on the outside as well, the defending champion at this event. is another guy that, you know, if he wins, he gets in. If he doesn't, he's out. Other player I'm watching this week, he's surprisingly in the field after withdrawing and, you know, not playing Max Oma is Hideki. It doesn't finish up the match play with an injury, but is in the field this week and already obviously in the Masters after as a previous champion. Did they say what his injury was? Because he was when I had my eye on for this week. Reaggravated his neck is um, what they said, which he's kind of been dealing with pretty much since he feel like won the Masters. I, I guess part of that might be too, like you're zero and two, you have no chance of advancing. You know, if you have, a, if you're nursing a little bit of an injury, you might as well just kind of pack up, pack it up, and and move on. But well, yeah, why play this week? It is surprising. Yeah. Yeah, a little tune-up, I guess, right? It's, it's you know, A lot of guys are taking off this week, but it is surprising to see Hideki. I agree. Well, I think the current tournament favorite is Tyrrell Hatton, and I'm honestly shocked to see him in it. He went 0-3 last week in his matches, but he barely even got off the first tee. Uh, they were talking about him potentially WDing. He like, hurt his wrist in practice or something, yeah. and he had his first tee shot on Wednesday, and he was like wincing in pain. So, I mean, he went 0-3. It was clearly bothering him. So I'm surprised to see him in the field playing again this week, too. I guess, like you said, he's they got to get one last tune-up last week. Uh, didn't really count if they weren't didn't have their best game. This is always a weird one for that, too. Like, I think Rory played in this last year, which was a big, like, what's going on kind of thing. It's a very – you always have those weird players, like, just pop it in randomly. But guys, like, they usually set their schedule at the beginning of the season. So you think about some of these players – they're thinking, like, worst comes to worst, at least it's a final chance to get into the Masters. Maybe not for Rory, but maybe and maybe even not T-Rail, but maybe last year T-Rail, maybe. But, yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity to get that win and then tune up for the Masters. All right, let's jump into some other stuff that happened in the golf world personally for us. We had a, a good Sunday fun day round, right, after our, our dog birthday party, right? We went straight to Maple Run, me, Dub, Tyler, and Tully. I well, didn't go. 2v2. We have, a, we have some interesting stories. Let's cover those. Please don't make me relive yeah, I mean, this. I mean, before we get into it too much, first off, happy birthday, intern Kylie. What up, yeah, Kylie? Eight, eight really years are. old. Good job, girl. You're showing a lot of grit, Kylie. You might get promoted. Dog birthday party was fun. We'll cover that in a sec. But, okay, so the elephant in the room is that we're, like, through four or five holes, and Tyler hits, like, a bad shot. And then he follows it up with another bad shot. And I, I don't and, think I don't think, even think you can call them bad shots. Like horrific shots. They were bad practice swings that like, you accidentally hit the ball. If I have like one of those in a round, like ah, oh, that was bad. But back to back, that just really threw me off. You mentioned intern Kylie's name once, and now she won't shut she up. She wants yeah. to get on the pod. But so I think the thing with Tyler, right? A couple bad shots in a row, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "I got the shanks." Like it was just like, I mean, he was making like, me nervous by how much he was saying, "I got the shanks." I'm like, I'm going to develop the shanks by Tyler even saying <laughs> like, it. I just flipped the switch, which is what like, happened. All to ability me. with. <laughs> Like the Monstars came down and took all my ability. So it was it was that par three, right? Was that where it kind of started? Like the six hole or something like that? That sounds yeah, right. Because that's always dribbled one head. down to the water. I and always just kept creeping up on the green. I always had that tree on the right in my head. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I think I must have tried like doing something weird in my swing. Yeah. Top it. Of course, it goes straight towards that tree. And then what? Yeah. Shanked a wedge right to the bridge. I think shanked a shot short of it. Chipped on. 
And then, yeah, the next hole, just a complete shank of my drive. Wedge in straight, 45 degrees to the right. <laughs> I think I duffed the chip and then tried to, I tried to throw my hands up in disgust. Club flies out of my hand. I didn't even try to throw my club, and I still threw my club. I was that upset. It, it was just the wheels fell off. Yeah, but it's going bad. You can't even throw your club right. Yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't even trying to. That's the worst part. It's like they're nice clubs. I didn't want to scratch it up and flies I, right I out of my hand. I think you're the next hole you hit a tee shot and almost killed somebody. And then I think yeah, they the are not. They are not anywhere in range at all. And I think I must have saw the card out of the corner of my eye. My brain's going. You're gonna shrink it in that card. I think. I forget what your drive was on nine, but well, I don't it think left. it was very I good. I yanked it completely to the and left. And Ben and I are driving away, and we just looked at each other like, I don't even know what to say. At this <laughs> we're point. like, like you know, half, some people I'm like, you know, like Ken. When Ken starts playing bad, I can just talk to him and get him through it. With Tyler, it's like when that ship sails, he's just got to internally yeah, deal with these demons. Gotta work and through he it on did. His own. <laughs> that I was trying not to be too negative. It's like I was just like, hey, I got the shanks, but I was trying to be as upbeat as I could. I didn't want to be a downer, but I was, I was fighting through it. I, I, w- I was on the verge of tears internally. <laughs> I, I was that mad. I don't understand how the wheels can fall off so hard. Well, the, I think the best part about your little three to five hole, I don't know, downfall was that. I'll call it a meltdown. Meltdown <laughs> is that Dub was four under through the first seven holes. So, <laughs> so Tyler and Dub were actually like one up on me and Tully because Dub equals the first and then goes like par birdie, par birdie. It was it was a pretty crazy start for Dub. Yeah, that, that par three we just mentioned, I birdied. So I had two, and I think he had seven. So we had a combined nine, so we have the whole. Yeah, we have it with me. <laughs> but, hey, let's let's we're moving past that. I would like to say I did my best to rebound. Rebound with a 38 on the back. I don't know how with the emotions that went through my head on that round from hitting rock bottom to actually coming back and having a very good score for me. I'm going to say it. Take it as a win. Well, it, it was the second round of beers that we grabbed. I, I think that's what it was. important. The turn. You go in there. You kind of look yourself in the reset. mirror and reset a little bit and get back out there. I think he, he actually spit on his face. Full <laughs> on Nate from Ted Lasso and yell at himself. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a broken mirror in the bathroom now. Sorry about they're, it. They're, they're fixing it all anyway. It's fine. It's more or less like Tippy ate a Snickers and he came back and he was his normal self after he had a Snickers. Yeah. First, yeah, 10. Drive right down the middle. Felt so good. And then 11, drive the green. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm so back. You eh, were three-putted, but hey, we'll, we're moving past uh, that. Greens were punched. For a par. Yeah, greens were aerators. They were a little tough to putt on. What, what did you change? Did you make any, like, swing adjustments? Or are you not just one thing. not thinking about it? Yeah, uh, that's that's, the, worst, that's the worst part about the whole thing. I don't know what I did different the whole time. Nothing looked different in his swing either when he was swinging. It was <laughs> just, just what happened. Maybe my arm shrank or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think the funniest part about it for me was like it, it only took Tyler like two or three bad shots to go full complete meltdown mode. Like, like I think when I'm playing, like it's it's usually like a bad nine, and then I'm just like I'm done, right? But oh, Tyler, it was like God. two or three shots, and he's like, I am just bit checking out, and this front nine is over. Well, I normally don't hit like terrible. I'm not gonna say I hit great shots all the time, but I normally don't put myself in too much trouble. So to have. Four straight shots that were completely awful. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I'm broken. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not good enough to know how to fix it. I am just absolutely toast. I want to talk a little bit about the courts, right? So we know Maple Run got new owners, I don't know, three to six months ago. The guys put some money into the courts. You can tell. it's. I mean, the greens were punched when we were there, so we're not going to dock them points on that. They still they rolled okay. It's just any aerated green is not going to roll great. But updates to the clubhouse, at least externally. Internally, I think there's plans to do a little something. They put up some fences. I don't know. They were just like... Laid some new gravel yeah. on the car path. Yeah. Like some good. of the bridges that were a little uh, questionable, we'll yeah. call them. Little stakes around the car path, kind of telling you, like, 
not to go off the car path here. Like little things like that. And I think the course looks a lot more presentable. I can appreciate that they're thinking about it too because they're trying to take care of the tee boxes. Like yeah. we teed off in front of a lot of tees on makeshift tee boxes, which kind of sucks when you're playing. But when we go back to play in May, it's going to make a world of difference. Yeah. yeah, they put a ton of sand down, which is what you need to grow grass. So I think they got they got good plans for that course. Did they shift the telephone poles out of the middle of that one fairway yet? No, no. I, almost, I almost smoked one of them. <laughs> yeah, I almost I hit did. like all three wires going through at one point. Apparently if you hit a telephone wire, it's a free drop. Like yeah. It's a free retee or something like that. Which I have seen someone hit the wires there at that hole. Ethan said sound very I've young. also the hit the wires. The sound it makes is, is wild. Cool. But yeah, it, it is a fun course. It's so different than any others. It's almost plays a little linksy with with kind of the undulation around the greens and you, you kind of have to use a lot of creativity more like bump and runs because when these greens are in good shape or decent shape it's firm and they roll quick and it's hard to get you know wedges to stop around them so you got to be a lot more uh, tactful going around what's always weird to me about this course because relatively speaking for the area in its current state it's kind of like a goat track sort of you know it's not in great shape it's it's pretty rough out there a lot of times it'll get burnt out it'll get overplayed whatever it is the maintenance under the previous owners was maybe lacking but like you walk into the clubhouse and due to its location there's like a picture of bill clinton playing the course because it's so <laughs> close to like camp david so Absolutely. it's like it they could somehow if they really wanted to make it a course that actually can handle good play make it really challenging but like fair i hope that the new guy goes ahead and like makes that effort what i think is pretty cool too is with the clubhouse going under the renovations is i heard they're going to be bringing in food trucks to kind of be sitting outside there and they got a little community right outside of it i don't i don't know what the demographic is in that community are they they going to be the ones to go down to the golf course to hit up the food trucks but if that's going to bring in people from Thermont that come down there and then maybe get more eyes on the course, do some other types of events at the course, get some more money in there. I think I think they got they're on the right track. I love that concept, but I gotta wonder like how does that work when you're making the turn? Like, can you really call ahead to the food truck effectively right. and be like, Probably. I need? Yeah. Maybe they just sit on ten T and you go up and you order and like a flipping station right there, so yeah. you get it quick and and yeah. easy to go. I, I did really appreciate, and this is kind of one of my biggest pet peeves is it was a quick round. We never yeah. really were waiting, and it was full. Yeah. I mean, there weren't really open tee times out there, but we just kept moving along. We weren't waiting because I was hitting the ball all over the course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, yeah. Behind people behind us, people behind you were waiting. <laughs> yeah, the the I thought it was funny. The group in front of us, these two guys out there playing, they were playing pretty quick. We hit into them, like legitimately <laughs> hit into them, like three or four times. Jeez, and don't they, say we. They never <laughs> even acknowledged it. And like one time, Ben's ball drove it a foot from their cart as it's just sitting there next to them and they just get in their cart and drive away like most normal people turn around and you know kind of raise their arms like what the hell are you doing guy you just i mean expectations were set very early when i accidentally hit their ball on the first hole (laughs) (laughs) that was a hell of a shot too uh, and you followed up with a really better better shot and then all the wheels fell off I think that's got to be a cornerstone for this course going forward, is pace of play. Like, I mean, it's certainly underrated. I know we go play a course like, I don't know, Maryland National or Musket or maybe even Whiskey, right? They're all pretty expensive. And we like playing there because the course is in great shape. But you're like a 50-50 chance of playing like a five-plus-hour round, which is beyond annoying. So you go and you save half the money. You go play – or you probably pay a quarter of the price <laughs> to go play to go play Maple Run. Maybe they get the greens in a little better shape, right? I think that's kind of going to be another cornerstone for them. But then you also are playing in under four hours. That's awesome. All right, so let's finish this episode out talking about what preceded our golf round on Sunday, and that's our doggy get-together, Kylie's eighth birthday party, which she's uh, currently squeaking one of her new toys, right? 
I think we it had a, a lot. gift for me. She just wanted to show me. God. It was a lot of fun, right? So we had like something like 10 dogs in the backyard, grilling dogs, grilling burgers, hot dogs, hot grilling dogs. hot dogs. Yes. <laughs> right? Drinking some beers. I also wanted to bring up that Dub thought this was a dry event and maybe didn't properly come stocked with enough <laughs> beer for this event. I mean, is this new? I mean, who gave him this memo? Yeah, I don't really know what I was thinking. Allie and I were driving here, and the <laughs> thought never crossed our minds of, like, maybe we should pick up some beer or bring something because it's, like, Sunday early afternoon. You know, we're just going to be watching our dogs play, talking, having a good time. We don't need beer to, after, to do that. Yes, but clearly <laughs> I was delusional. It was after 12. The Lord, and then I Lord get here, and, you know, half hour in, Allie's like, oh, you know, I want – some high noons or whatever. So I'm going to the, and then Dara needs a bottle of tequila and you know, it just starts. <laughs> yeah. I heard up bottle of tequila. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. it's Sunday, it Sunday, fun day. All in all, I think the dogs did pretty good. Maybe a couple of scrappiness, scrappy moments yeah. here and there. But I, I, I think thunder got a tomato off the table from what I heard. <laughs> yep. And what a healthy Which dog. Apparently is fine for dogs to eat, but who knows? <laughs> he's an Instagram model. So he's like really worried about his figure. He was sitting there begging for vegetables, vegetables all day long. I'm like, that's what you pick. Like carrots and tomatoes. That's the best you can do. Well, as a mama's boy, he was taught well about what he's allowed to do. He is a mama's boy. I'll make that clear, Jenny. We all think Thunder's the mama's boy. I don't know. Colin was the one wearing a matching outfit with them. But again, who told them to wear the matching outfit? Who dressed them? Probably Jenny. (laughs) Jenny probably dressed them both. (laughs) Both their outfits were laid out in front of their crates. When they got up in the morning, they knew what they had to wear. It's funny, though. We're all in that pre-kids stage. Well, Danielle and Kevin, one exception. But we go to an event like this, probably first time. Everybody's kind of in parent mode. You know, keeping, Watching the dogs. keeping an eye on their dogs, the corner of their eye, making sure nothing, <laughs> the scraps don't get too serious and, you know, having to having to punish and, and discipline them a little bit. It was uh, definitely Whoa. a different feeling. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if everyone was in parent mode. I know a couple of us were trying to... Some, some no, were in no, uncle no, mode. No, 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 yeah. no, that's not what I was going for. I was going to say a couple of us were trying to sneak inside to watch a little golf, and that quickly got shot down by that, a certain somebody. That was pretty but No funny. names, no names. Yeah, no names, but uh, yeah, Dara. so I had money on Sam, right? And I think we were watching the quarterfinal match or the semifinal match, and... I swear to God, we sat in that yard for two hours. And I was watching it on my phone, and someone suggested we go inside because it was getting down to the nitty-gritty final few holes. We couldn't have been in there for less than 30 seconds before I got, Ben, come out. we got to take pictures. And I'm like, you're being antisocial, Ben. Right now, I was like, I've only been in here for one minute. It, I am not being antisocial. It wasn't even like, oh, they're in playoffs. Let's go watch playoffs. It was they're on the green putting in the playoffs. So it was <laughs> like we were going to be in there for less than five minutes. And sure enough, like. She knew right away. Ben, I love when you walked out and you're like, oh, I found it. What were you looking for? A charger? So I'm like, oh, I've been in there looking for it for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, it was hard to find. Forgot the cord. It was hard to find. Yeah, then I forgot something else. I had to go back in. And that's when Sam Burns made the putt, I would just say. All right, that does it for us tonight. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and check out our Facebook page, the Big Players Only Facebook page. Lots of new written content coming there every other week. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.